Thanks for joining us on the Eugene Christian School podcast. It is Tuesday, August 13th. This is Jared Malinchuk, principal here at ECS, coming to you live from our front office. And I'm joined today by our dean of students, Mr. Jesse Whitaker. Jesse, how are you on this pretty fair Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Excellent. Thanks for inviting me next door to talk with you. You got to get in your car to get over here, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Well, I mean next door from my office to yours. <laughs> So we are coming with a special summer edition. We'd like to do some topical podcasts for the 1920 school year with a really important topic as you've been kind of busy, I'm assuming, in this enrollment season with doing a lot of tours. Yep. And uh, we want to talk to our families and, and those listening out there today just about the new way of maybe thinking about educational investing and thinking about the paradigm a little bit differently than maybe most parents do. Yeah. And summer's a good time to think about that. Summer's a great time for thinking in general. Yep. Usually on your porch yep. in the evenings would be great. New way of thinking about education, huh? That's right. We All don't right. normally put those words education and investing in the same uh, sentence now, do we? No, we normally don't. So what do you have in mind? Yeah. You know, I was struck by a, a couple conversations I've had with parents over the last really couple of years. And some of them were talking about why they had enrolled in private Christian school as really a vehicle towards investment, as an investment vehicle. And I thought, I've never heard anything like that before. So when I'm saying this this word investment, from your role, especially with tours and what you've seen with parents, what do you think is like the typical kind of strategy or investment they're thinking about when they're thinking about education? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I think what they're what they're thinking is that they want to, you know, invest resources by attending a private school that they maybe wouldn't have to invest otherwise if they were attending a public school in order to have a greater greater odds for a higher rate of return on their child's life. Yeah, higher rate of return, that's right. Of, you know, however you would define success, what a successful life might be, that their kid would have a, you know, uh, their child have a better opportunity for more success by sending them to a private school. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, our school here at Eugene Christian goes through eighth grade, and uh, Jesse and I both have experience in the secondary level and through high school. And so answer this for the audience too. What would you say is the typical high school vision going forward? What do most parents want to see for their child beyond the high school years, would you say, as yeah. an investment? Well, you know, and I'll start even slow, smaller, sure. smaller scale, and that is oftentimes on tours I get asked from every grade level, whether it's a middle school tour or a preschool threes tour, well, what do your eighth graders go on to do when they graduate? Ah, yes. Or does your school prepare them well for high school? You know, um, But then it's also it's a kind of college track mentality you know the great majority of tours are are folks who are wanting to make sure that their kid is prepared for college so you and i have been talking about this off and on over oh, the maybe the last year preparing students for college and if you look at a lot of high school taglines you'll see preparing for college and career and maybe military kind of thrown there as well as an alternative option but it sure seems like in education, we get a lot of narrow emphasis on this higher education. And I don't want to talk about just the high school or college experience today. That's for a different podcast. But I want to talk about is most parents that I'm aware of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, when they're thinking about the future of investment in education, they're thinking about maybe having a college 529 savings plan. Where they're putting money away yeah. for their child to go to college. Yeah, somewhere. practical financial investing. Exactly. Yeah. And so on the podcast today, we want to go into some details about why potentially early education investing in the preschool through eighth grade experience really makes a whole lot of practical sense and maybe thinking less long-term down the road and more of the now. Yeah. Jesse, in your experience too in working with 
uh, our middle school students particularly, and those who are listening to the podcast, whether you're a parent of one or uh, see them in curious uh, positions at times around grocery stores and out in the community, middle school can be a, a difficult age and, and also a very fun age for students as well. You came across some interesting research from Barna, I believe it was, and yep. maybe you can explain to folks in a minute what Barna is. And I think it's really shocking, and I think parents probably need to hear that, as it relates to a child's worldview or the way that they, the glasses they put on, the way they see the world. Tell us about what you what you discovered. Yeah, just the, the really abbreviated, condensed Cliff Notes version from their, their latest spring 2019 research book that they put out. Barna is a Christian-based, faith-based research organization. Um, and, and their latest finding was that the, the a child's worldview is established or begins to become concrete at age 13. They're calling it the new age of impression. Wow. Age 13. And in grade level terms, what grade are we talking when you say age 13? Yeah, that's 7th and 8th. So 7th and 8th grade. So even in our own building, that would qualify. Yep. And by worldview, if we go a little bit further with that, we're talking about the way that they uh, beliefs about themselves, certainly their beliefs about God, their yeah. beliefs about others, yeah. their beliefs about uh, societies and how they function, yeah. uh, the role of uh, people and culture. Yeah, uh, and the, the, the way they interpret the events that are going on around them. Mm-hmm. And we might even add to that in the Christian context, meaning or purpose in life yep. is definitely a part of that. What is idea. valuable, what is invaluable, what's important, what's not important. So with that research that you're aware of from the Barna Group and kind of the, the basis for this episode today, if that's really the case, that worldview is formed and it's by age 13 and it's a huge priority for parents, I think we have a really serious situation on the educational side to address. Yeah. It seems those college 529 savings plans and thinking about college, back to your point of those aspirations beyond high school, it seems we should be thinking about these younger levels. Yep. Prioritizing for sure. Now, correct me if I'm it's wrong. It's a, a great burden for us and a great opportunity. Yeah, you're exactly right. And correct me if I'm wrong, is not one of the, the topics that parents think about when they come in to tour with you in a Christian school environment like ECS is safety. Is that not a oh, yeah. common yeah. word? And so it seems to me to some degree that we've we've substituted safety, and that could be because of some of our contemporary events and so on and so forth, but we've substituted safety for these more long-standing issues of potentially worldview, Christian character development, and so on. I mean, would you agree with, is that a fair analysis? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So in addition to worldview, and we know at Eugene Christian School that how a child is formed in Christ matters a lot. And some people listen to the podcast, potentially they grew up in private Christian school, maybe they're in public school, homeschool environments. One of our main priorities, and I mean, it's in our mission statement, is to grow them in moral character in Christ mm-hmm. and to make that happen. We don't do that ourselves, uh, never alone. That's always through the work of the Holy Spirit and the role of the family and so on. And so in, which, in what ways do you see firsthand in your day-to-day of seeing inside of ECS, how do you see character development in Christ taking place from giving parents more of a long window of you know of a school year, how do you see character development taking place? Yeah, the a number one way I see character development taking place is in the modeling of the adult staff in the building, mm. um, having just consistent example of adults that are doing their absolute best to live out Christ-like character as an example for their students um, that are around. I think that's a number one, and then secondly, it's just kind of repetition and reinforcement. You know, if you want to. Um, continue to shape and craft character through through habits and routines and disciplines and behaviors and things. 
Um, it's got to be through observation and repetition and reinforcement. And so, you know, we'll often say that um, character is revealed on the playground. Like that is the, the testing and, you know, proving ground of how well we're doing, educating them. And so then when you're debriefing playground scenarios or, you know, you're, you're providing opportunities to uh, have an interaction with a student in a unique way between two students that maybe aren't getting along or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, those are the ways that, you know, practically character gets formed because you can read Bible stories and work through Christian-based curriculum and all those sorts of things, but it becomes practical when you have modeling from the adults and you have real-world application in the lunchroom and the hallways and the playground and you're debriefing and reinforcing, and, you know. Um, Absolutely. Acknowledging and rewarding positive behaviors, positive traits, positive character things that you see in students, and then also, you know, correcting those that need to be addressed. It's funny you say that because uh, the sc- it seems as if the school environment is really the one, you know, eight o'clock to three o'clock, you know, time frame Monday through Friday for the you know, most of the nine months of the year we have the students. You really get to see the good, bad, and the ugly mm-hmm. out of character development. Mm-hmm. And if you take a longer view of it, you can see the maturation process unfold as these students maybe start somewhere and they end somewhere. Yeah. And and I want to just pick one bone on that and get your your feedback too. I have seen personally a narrowed focus beyond just Christian education, just an education in general, towards academic success as the one driver towards school success. Yeah, like at all costs. Mm-hmm. So if you're, we could write a beatitude, uh, blessed are those who read very well, for mm-hmm. theirs is Harvard or something, you know. But in the Christian school context, our view is not that narrow. In that case, we are looking not beyond, we'll get to academics in just a moment, of course, but we're looking at character, which is part of the person they're becoming, and just for those that are listening, by a definition of character, I would just say it's just something uh, children just naturally do. Yeah. So if they're not, you mentioned the playground, if they're naturally responding with kindness and, oh, yeah, I, I messed up here, or and they kind of own up to it, that's their character is being developed. If their character is formed in such a way that they are uh, constantly doing things that antagonize others and they're being disrespectful towards adults and, and so on, well, that just means they need additional character development. So we're in the process of that. So tell me on your role, how do you see, you mentioned the school and in terms of the staff, how important they are. How about the role of the parents in that character development? What have you seen as being so critical to that? You know, just a, a lot of communication is important and kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe synthesis between what's going on at school and what's going on at home through communication. And as a partnership school, I think it's just even more really valuable and important. I guess one great um you know, bit of insight for parents would be um, they get a Cliff's Notes version of the day. (laughs) You know, in our family, we call it the daily debrief um, each day of kind of what went on. And and they hear some of the highest highs and the lowest lows, and they don't hear a lot of the kind of just mundane minutia stuff that happens during the day in the middle um, where the, you know, the teachers have them for so many hours in a day um, that it is a, a long game and character development is not an overnight switch that flips you know, when enrolled in a Christian school, I mean, just it's a long, it's a long, it's a process. It's a refining process, and it's a, it's a long game. And so, you know, for, to have an expectation that there will be huge changes overnight, or you know, rare, and it's important to keep that context. Like think long term, just like investing, right? That's right. You know, you get you yeah. think long term, yeah. you get just small gains throughout, and yeah. it can be volatile and dangerous when you have huge gains and huge losses consistently. So if I hear you well, you would probably advise parents to some degree to slow play 
some of our knee-jerk reactions sometimes when it comes to character development. Certainly. Because right? tell me just briefly then about failure. How important is failure and learning from the failure? And maybe that's too strong of a word, but just missing the mark, if you want to use more of a biblical context. How important is it for a child to be able to do that in a safe environment? Yeah, well, I mean, you just hit on the, the key thing. If you would have just said how important is failure, I would have said, you know, what's important. However, it needs to be in a safe environment. And, you know... Um, in a in a school like ours that emphasizes restorative practices and relational practices that failure is not a be all end all um, that there's there's opportunity to live out biblical principles and and you know character traits for restoration for redemption um, and that models to the student that failure is normal and we can learn and grow from it and be okay yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. In fact, that kind of segues into I want to just touch on academics. It's so important that children in a Christian school, as I was saying, I, I would argue that education is narrowing the view of what success is and mostly just reading and math scores. Yeah. Here, I'd say we take a much broader view. And college-bound. Yeah. And college-bound, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if we're going to put some investment dollars to work and invest in private Christian education at a young age, on the academic side, you, as you're describing failure and your response from the failure and building those relationships, we emphasize the role of meeting a child where he or she is at that time through small groups, through individualized tutoring, whatever it takes to try to meet the child. And what's so important, I believe, and I know you've seen it firsthand, is that a child would see themselves, who they are before God and have identity before God as part of the worldview, as we previously talked about. And then when they get into academics, if they're great at something and not so great at this, and maybe in the middle on these other topics, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we have students on all different ranges, some that are going to be very much higher education bound, going to be potentially Ivy League schools if they'd like to be, and we have other students that will do very well in other kinds of environments or vocations. But my point is, in a Christian view, we talk about Colossians 3.17, and everything you do, and everything, playground, doing math, writing, spelling, uh, in word or deed, everything you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it seems to me that laziness isn't really part of that verse. And no, I think it's yeah. that we're supposed to give everything to the Lord. So as a, with your parent hat on, how important do you think that is as a, with, as a parent, that is, that your child can learn in a way that's comfortable, not high pressure, but at the same time reinforcing those expectations? Yeah, it is important. There's, you know, a couple of key words that get thrown around all the time, but are really important to reinforce, and that's you know, grace and mercy, <laughs> uh, mercy for failures, and and grace. You know, drawing upon the strength of the Lord to accomplish the things that we may not be necessarily equipped to accomplish on our own. You know, really focusing on those things, um, trusting in the process, given the grace and the mercy, and then an understanding that we're not all wired the same. Um, uh, we may not all finish things at an equal spot, and that is just okay. You know, that the God has designed us and equipped us and put us into the places that he has in store for us. And our job, as you just referenced in Colossians 3.17, is to, you know, do our best with, you know, our situation and yeah. our skills and talents. And, and in an environment like ECS with smaller class sizes, like you referenced, pressures, um, there's not a lot of, like, if then pressure like if you do well yeah, on this right. end of the year assessment good right. things happen for you but if you do poorly bad things you're happen. cursed blessed or cursed if you will. right you know yeah. or 
or it's not static where if you're in one learning group for a period of time, then you're, you know, in that group forever. There's opportunities to move, you know, and to progress and be reevaluated and, um, you know, make gains academically. So um, I'm, getting, I'm getting off track here. But, That's great. But, um, you know, in an environment like ECS, it's, it's great. Um, for meeting those kind of individualized needs in a safe place that emphasizes strength through grace and mercy when we fall short. That's right. And, and we are the kind of school that still has the students that are very high achieving, and then we still have ones that are never going to be that kind of student. But in a broader view of what a successful Christian school student is, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It fits in the definition. So to wrap up, uh, uh, Jesse, today, as we're thinking about investing in general, and investment always takes some level of sacrifice or putting typically money into something. Yep. So Christian education, as we discussed, provides some pretty serious opportunities if done well. And we're growing and learning ourselves uh, on, from this side of the table, if you will. It does provide uh, the kind of environment potentially for a child to become a person of, of Christ-like character, as we like to say, with the right kind of worldview, objective worldview. And Lord knows in this day and age, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about the ways we think and perceive certain things. Yeah, certainly. And it's, uh, you know, maybe we'll end with this for a different podcast and, and also a culture that seemingly has more mental health issues than ever in such an affluent culture. It's just shocking to me that that would be the case. So perhaps uh, as we think about where to put our dollars in investing, we really consider Christian education as one of those outcomes. Yeah. And uh, I'll leave folks with this. And uh, Jess and I were talking at one of, the, one of the large research studies done from particularly the Christian schools that ECS is a part of is that some of the graduates have very, uh, you're talking about the eighth grade graduates earlier, but the graduates of Christian schools have very distinctive principles about them. You actually kind of know what the outcome is. Not every child will fall into that outcome. Uh, do you remember one or two of the outcomes of your typical graduate from a Christian school from the study? Yeah. Uh, so you're referencing a CARTA study. Yeah, CARTA study, yeah. Um, they are more generous. Generous, yes. With time in terms of service to others and with money. That's right. And even in the church context, churches, pastors are reporting both of those were the case even in worship communities. And I also find, I found it was very interesting with uh, these graduates that they have, again, a lens that's, to quote Rick Warren, if you will, it's not about you. <laughs> uh, and so they have a lens of with their time and their money and even their employment that's following that worldview. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have some serious things for us as parents and as, as school uh, leaders as well to really think through these things. And, yeah, and, have, and the stats are verifiable. I mean, they're there. The data is there. Folks can look it up. Cardis, C-A-R-D-I-S is the study that you can reference to see the outcomes of private school graduates. Great. And can you reference the, what was the name of the Barna? Was it the article? Or the Man, book? I can't remember what it's yeah. called. Okay. I was listening to, you know, a recent education podcast with David Kinneman. He's yeah. the Barna director. Sure. And he was talking about it and their new book, but I just, you know, he sprung it on me and I cannot remember oh, what it's called. That's all. That's okay. But it's their latest release. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we thank you everyone for listening to the first edition of the 1920 podcast. And this early investment in education, we perfectly hope, is a wonderful blessing for you, your children, your entire family, because this really is a generational enterprise. Yep. So thanks, Jesse, for being on the podcast. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody.